Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Joshua, a shy Filipino immigrant on the cusp of 50, has lived in the comfort of his parents' home for his entire life. With his parents now in old age, he pleads with God for a companion, terrified of being alone after they pass. The film is called Islands, and we're joined today by the director, producer, screenwriter, Martin Edrelin. Martin, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really like this film a lot, and I'm so glad to see it's premiering at the South by Southwest, the world premiere there. I like it because it feels like a film, first of all, it's very heartfelt. It feels very grounded in some reality or some experience that you might have had as a filmmaker and as a, as a writer. But it also commits to a certain look and a style and a tone and a pace to it. It can be such a tricky thing for a filmmaker to do, but... It works. It works beautifully in this film. Tell me what inspired uh, Islands. Um, the story or the creative? Like well, the, the story. Let's start with story. the story. So at the time I started thinking about this film in around 2015, I was I had just finished a short and I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to do next? And whenever I think about my next film, I just think about what am I thinking about in general? What am I living? And at the time, I, my mother had just retired and my dad was on his way to retirement. And that got me just thinking about, or even worrying about, you know, sometimes um, people retire and all of a sudden you just rapidly age because of the inactivity and, you know, you're not using your brain in the same way. And there was that. And then, um, you know, in Filipino culture and Asian cultures, many other cultures, uh, there's this responsibility of you taking care of your parents when they get older. You know, we don't traditionally have this system where you put people in an old age home. But, you know, I was born and raised in Canada and it it is something that I've thought about. And also as a, you know, living a, a busy filmmaker life <laughs> with unpredictable income, you know, you wonder how would I take care of them? And I have siblings too, but I'm the oldest of three and sort of felt the duty to take care of them. So those are sort of the, the earliest things I was thinking about that made it into the film. The character of Joshua um, I wrote down some notes as I was watching the film. He is quiet, reserved, kind of emotionally closed off. In fact, I would say emotionally immature and really in sort of life skills. He doesn't seem to really have, uh, he seems to have locked himself into a place where he does his job. He goes home and there isn't a whole lot beyond that in his life. And if I'm being unfair to kind of him as a character, but there is, let me say after having said that, he also is very committed to his parents. He seems to be very much aware of their, their the fact that they're older, wants to do right by them. Characterizing him accurately? And yeah, yeah. No, I think you got it. Um, I kind of saw him as somebody who, you know, it's tradition in in Filipino culture that normally you don't leave the, the house until you're married. And the woman is sort of master of the house and the, you know, she makes the meal, she does the house chores, except for the, the heavy work. And I, I don't think that he was, I wouldn't say he was babied and I wouldn't even call him irresponsible. I think it's, that's just how life was for him, you know, and even in my house, 
growing up, like if I visit my mom now, she doesn't want help in the kitchen. She just, that's her space. She does her thing. So I think him living there, he just never really had an opportunity or, or never had to mature anymore. But like you said, I think that he's, he's willing to help his parents in any way. He's obedient, but he's just sort of stuck in this situation. And I saw him as maybe someone that came to Canada as an adult. So he's never really had much of a social life with other Canadians of any ethnicity. So he's sort of just kind of stuck in home life. And, and he's a shy person that's not going to just go out to a bar and try to meet people or, or try to date online or anything. So he's just sort of stuck and maybe doesn't even realize it. Yeah. Well, he's reaching a point in his life. He's, he's coming up on his 50th birthday. And it does cause this level of reflection on his life. And as I alluded to in the introduction, he he prays for someone to come into his life. So he, so for fear of being alone, and I think he's realizing that this is kind of it for him in terms of where he will be in, at 50 and at 60 and 70, that this is, and he feels some level of I need to, I need to reach out. I need to be someone who is looking, at least looking. He's at that point, and his parents are starting to physically degrade. He understands. He sees what's happening. The story of his relationship to his parents and how he's going to, if he's going to open up. What are sort of the elements you were trying to bring into his life, into his story, to give him that opportunity to watch him react to those things? I think he, he needed change forced on him in order for him to change who who he is and i think there had to be somebody that sort of awakened something in him because i i think that had life just continued as it was i don't think he would have realized that he had to do something and uh, i think as time goes on he sort of realizes like maybe i've missed out and i should do something about it now and there is an arc to his story. There's an arc to his, to him as a person and the people around him, how they react to him. Rogelio Alagtas plays the part of Joshua. And this is a tough role. And I thought he was really good in it. Um, he, he opens up like, a, like almost like a rose. I mean, a little bit at a time. But you see it. You see it in his face. You see it just in a, some subtle changes to, to, to his uh to the way he interacts with people just there's it's 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 really well done in terms of how he because I mean, the whole film really rests on his ability to kind of be able to convey what you're trying to accomplish here and i my hat's off to him because it's not an easy role no you're right uh i i was really scared when we got to casting this because we wanted somebody who had a real balance where we could believe that like how they're so shy that they just don't act on anything. And again, don't even realize that something's wrong in their life. I didn't want him to be like the middle-aged single loser. Yeah, There's so much of that. He's a very nice guy, very sweet guy. And even things like, you know, he masturbates in the film and I didn't want that to be gross. You know, it's, it's something that people do and it's almost seen like a, a, a bad thing or a gross thing that men do, whereas it's acceptable when women do it. So yeah, it, it was, it was very, very tricky to, yeah. to find someone in this role. And he, 
um, we did a Skype audition and, and right away I was like, this, this is what I wanted. I didn't really know, but he was the guy. Yeah, uh, you're right. He's a nice person. And, and I think that's really important that you establish that in the film pretty quickly in terms of how the kind of person he is on the inside. And he also is reticent to change his life. He, even though he knows he, he should, he really, and I think on, on a lot of levels he wants to, but he's not wired to do that in any significant way. Not right away, certainly. That's wonderful. And then there's the role of his cousin, Marisol, Sheila Lotuaco. She plays the part of his cousin, Marisol. And she's an important part of the film in in terms of his the trajectory of his story. Everyone's really good in it. Dad, who uh, is is terrific, Ronaldo played Ronaldo is the character Esteban Comelang, as well as uh, his mom Alma Banji Alcasid. This is one of those where every piece of the of the puzzle has to work because it is such a small circle of people involved in these characters who are involved in the film that you could just e- you can easily get thrown off kilter by someone who doesn't work. The character doesn't work or the actor doesn't pull together the, what you're looking for in the film. I'll go back to something I said at the beginning of the interview in terms of this tone that you set, the kind of the pace of the film. It's a delicate balance to find. Again, I think you really did a great job of achieving it, but what was your inspiration for telling the story in that way, in this sort of dance that you do with these characters and the story? Or I felt like it had to be a quiet film. I think they live very quiet lives. I wanted it to be quite static to almost emphasize that these are characters that are are stuck in you know their own their own sort of experiences or the lives that they're living. You know, as almost as their own little islands. Especially when it comes down to the the three main characters. You know, they're all their own people with their own issues that they have to deal with as much as they're helping or trying to help each other. They've really got themselves to look after too. And that's something that I, I was really thinking about too, you know, the, the sacrifice you make in helping or committing to somebody else and, you know, what, what that does to your own life for better or worse, you know, it, it obviously means a lot and it, it can be very rewarding, but then at the end of the day, say Josh was with his dad, say Marisol doesn't come and he's stuck with his dad for another 10, 15 years. And then his life has just passed by even more. Well, there's a kind of a monastic vibe to this, the way you shot it. Very, as you said, in a static way, a lot of religious imagery in the film and this devotion to prayer. That's what sort of sets off a Joshua on his, on his request to the to God to find someone for him in his life. And religion, obviously an important part of their lives. Again, is this something that is an important part of the cultural vibe that you're you're trying to achieve in the film? Yeah, it's it's a big part of Filipino culture. And I think I was I was also interested in Joshua. It's almost the only way that he knows to ask for help but it's it's a source that he doesn't get immediate feedback or response from so it's almost like he doesn't know if god is listening and in that way too it's it's almost like an an easy way for him to deal with it it's a way for him to as much as he's talking to god he's kind of talking to himself eventually i think he realizes that 
he's got to do more than that. Yeah, that is absolutely right. I, I, I think that a lot of people feel that way, that we start with God, and then when that doesn't appear to work, do it yourself, right? And I think that's, I think that's part of Joshua's journey in this film. Mm-hmm. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director, producer, and screenwriter of the film Islands, and that would be Martin Edrelin, and it is premiering at uh, the South by Southwest Film Festival, yay, I, we are, there is a South by Southwest Film Festival, and um, congratulations on being a part of the South by Southwest lineup. Thank you, thank you very much. How did you find? How do you find out? I mean, how long ago did you know that this was going to happen? Earlier this year, yeah, earlier this year, there was communication in December, but we were talking to another festival at that time, so it was all sort of up in the air. And then um, I think at some point in January. We said, let's do it. What, is this process where you know that you're, you submit the film, thousands of films are submitted to these festivals, especially something like South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Do you know if you've made like a preliminary cut and then you make a final cut? Is, is there, do you get any sort of narrative along the way in terms of where the film may end up either being included or not? Uh, sometimes. In our case, we were pretty much done. And I've actually never had that experience of sending a rough cut and then you oh, you know, having to show them. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I haven't had that experience. I've always, even with my shorts, have sent almost finished films. Sometimes I, you know, we haven't done the sound or the color yet, but it's pretty much the final cut. But the festival itself doesn't say, Hey, you made the final semifinals and then you made the finals. They don't, they don't tell you. Like, they no, they tell you you're in or out. That's it. You just get yeah. one answer or, you know, the, okay. Yeah. I, I do think though, if you send a rough cut and they maybe see something in it, but don't love the film yet, I think they will come back and say, do you have anything more polished to show us? Okay. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you so much. From there, that certainly will provide you if you don't already have distribution for the film. I would assume that that certainly is a leg up for you and moving this film forward and all the best, all the best on that. The film again is called Islands and we've been talking with the director, producer and screenwriter of the film and that would be Martin Edrelin. Martin, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 